Welcome to the newest episode of Walnut Grovecast. Walnut Grovecast needs your support, so please head over to patreon.com slash walnutgrovecast to find out what cool stuff you get for as little as 17 cents a day. Yes, only 17 cents a day gets you some amazing stuff. Thank you so much for your support. Today I have the honor of having, um, well, I have, I have a little paragraph I'm going to read about you, but um, her name is Susie Bibieri. Is that okay? Barbieri? Barbieri. 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 Um, she's an actress who many who listen to the show will recognize as Albert's love interest in the episode, Dearest Albert, I'll Miss You. After Little House, Susie also worked on classic TV series such as Cagney and Lacey and starred in the film's Skyward and Skyward Christmas. And in 2002, produced the surfing film Blue Crush, which had the stars Michelle Rodriguez and Kate Bosworth. Please welcome to the show, Susie Barbieri. How are you? Very Susie? good. You got it. Good. good. Hi. Um, thank you so much for taking the time um, to come on here and speak with me. I of really course. Appreciate it's my pleasure. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah, anytime. Um, you're out in the West Coast, so this is pretty early for you. So even more so, I really appreciate you. Taking the time. Sure. Um, so I always ask, th- these are like the basic questions I ask people who are on the show. Um, was Little House in the Prairie on your radar before you were on the show? Oh, my God, yes. Really? Well, first of all, yeah. <laughs> I, I read all the books mm-hmm. as a little girl. All of, I was obsessed, both mm-hmm. my sister and I. And then um, watched the show religiously. I mean, every episode. And then to be called by Michael Landon and asked, you know, to come in and, and meet about this role that he had for me was like a dream come true. It was just amazing. I, I think we, my whole family, I have a younger sister and a younger brother and we were all big. Our whole family was little house on the prairie fans. So wow. yeah, it was, it was a dream come true. That's really awesome. Um, so that was my next question is how did you go about auditioning and contacting them? Because this was your first acting role from what I can tell. It wasn't my first acting role. I had done Skyward, which was a TV movie directed by Ron Howard um, and written by Anson Williams of uh, Happy Days fame. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously your audience knows Ron Ron Howard went on to do great things in the movie business. Um, I'm not exact. I was trying to remember. I actually called my dad and asked him. I had done Skyward, and then I don't believe I ever auditioned for Little House on the Prairie. I think Ron probably showed Michael Landon a scene or two, or they talked, and Ron said, yeah, I think she can handle it. Um, I went in, and I met with them, and then they gave me the role. Um, And it's funny because you probably thought that I did that first because it aired 
I think like three days before Skyward aired on yeah, TV. That was another so, thing I wanted to bring up is, yeah, the um, Dearest Albert episode aired on November 15th. And just three days later, um, your um, um, the TV movie aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and I hadn't remembered that. My dad reminded me, um, and then it was it, and then it kind of came back. But yeah, so but I had done Skyward, um, oh, a good like six months beforehand, or even longer before that. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and then I, I and then I did Little House, and then it just coincidentally, or not coincidentally, but it just happened to <clears throat> to air before Skyward. Now the week of November fifteenth must have been a crazy week, right? <laughs> you have it was <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, you have yeah. like you know, Little House and Prairie was um was really on the radar. It was it was doing well at this point. Um, I mean, it always kind of did well, but you know, it had this kind of um a really decent popularity at the time. And you have a TV movie, and I don't, I'm sure you have it, maybe you don't. Um, the TV guide for that week actually really had some decent ads pushing not just the episode that you're on with uh, Matthew Laberto, but also Skyward. And there's an article in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, there was a big media blitz. Yeah. It's, I yeah. mean, it's pretty, I mean, it must've been exciting. I mean, you're yeah. still like a kid a here. Months, I was all, <laughs> I was all over the place. It was <laughs> kind of embarrassing and exhilarating. And, you know, I was 14 at the time. Right. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, so when you look back at that, I mean, do you, do you have, um, were there other kind of things that were surrounded in that? Were there any type of launch parties or, I mean, I know today now, nowadays launch parties are for everything. You're you know, having, we're launching a new cupcake and we're having a launch party, but you know, we're talking about um, pretty decent sized productions. Yeah. Do you mean like, well, launch? So we had a party for Skyward at my house, a viewing party. Is that mm -hmm. kind of what you're asking yeah. about, like viewing parties? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if we – I'm sure we did it for Little House um, or did some kind of little thing, but I don't remember, honestly. Right. Um, because I think that week just was so crazy. Um, going from, you know – again, I was 14, going from a nobody to being now on, you know, two – things right. in one week on, t on television. Um, so it was a lot to, it was a lot to manage and juggle now, as in you a mentioned, 14 year old girl's brain. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, when I was 14, I just, I don't know. Nothing was on my radar. I was a dope <laughs> kid. Um, but as you, as you mentioned, um, Skyward was produced um, by Ron Howard, who at this point was already well on his way. You know, I mean, he was the days of happy days, were, you know, it had made him so much of a bigger star than when he was a little kid. And he was just kind of moving forward. And um, there's a YouTube clip that I found where it's a segment about you and your life and uh, working with Ron Howard and um, Anson Williams and, and Marion Ross and, you know, all of these really, right. really legendary actors and actresses. And it's just really, really... I think it's a wonderful time capsule, but it also must have been, I mean, how did you feel about all of this? I mean, you're working with some serious famous people, especially for the time. They're oh, still yeah. famous. I mean, oh, especially yeah. Ron Williams, but Anson Williams, I'm sure he gets recognized every time he walks down the street. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was overwhelming and mm -hmm. fun and, yes. you know, I had a lot, I, I, I was, 
I wouldn't say I had a lot of anxiety. Um, I don't think I realized what anxiety was <laughs> until much later. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it was, I wanted to do a good job. I had never acted before. And so it, there was some pressure, definitely. Um, right. And I had some growing pains following that, you know, trying to figure out my place, my role in yeah, television. Yeah, what did you think and if about I, it? I mean, I, I didn't. I never felt that I was really that good of an actress. Um, I was okay. I got by, I, but it wasn't something that it, it wasn't like, Oh my God, I love acting. I love being on set. I loved meeting the actors and the directors and the crew and watching the process. And I fell in love with that. So that's kind of where I, I was always, mm -hmm. um, look, I was always asking questions and, and I think Ron and I connected in that respect because that was what he always loved too. Uh, and, you know, being a kid actor and then going to Happy Days and he, you know, he, that's how he started his directing career, directing Happy mm -hmm. Days episodes, you know, making little movies and then working for Roger Corman. And um, by the time that he directed Skyward, which we have to mention that, Betty Davis was the star yes, of yes. Skyward. So that was, I mean. A flight it, instructor. <laughs> that was intimidating. I mean, everyone was like, oh my God, you're going to be working with, you know, a legend, a Hollywood legend. And yeah. so, and I, and you know, everyone on the set was a little um, freaked out and excited by that. So, you know, I think Ron really appreciated my interest in, um, in just the machinations of, of what it, what was put into making a movie or a TV show. And, and yeah, and, and that's, that's what really hooked me, um, on TV and, and film. Now later on, you'll, you would go and work with, um, Imagine Entertainment, Correct. Uh, which, and Ron Howard being one of the founders of that. Yes. Um, Ron what was that Razor. like? I mean, that's where you're taking an executive position behind the camera. Um, right. Or behind so, entertainment. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, you know, kept in touch with Ron here and there um, throughout high school and college. And then I went to UCLA and oh. interned for a few producers um, in my last year at UCLA. I was an English major um, and realized that I could maybe make a living in the movie industry. <laughs> sure. And so. I mean people were like, you know, Ron Howard, you need to call Ron Howard <laughs> and you need to ask him if he's a good contact. A job. <laughs> right. It's a good contact. I said, really? You really think I should? And I'm like, oh yeah, you really need to do that. So I remember being so nervous and I called him and I talked to his assistant, Louisa, who has been his assistant forever. She was, she worked with him. She's his associate producer, worked with him on Skyward and met her there. And I'm still friends with her. She worked at oh. Imagine. Um, the whole time I was at Imagine, she's still, and she's still with him. She's an amazing woman. And I spoke with her and she was, oh my God, Rod's going to be so happy to hear from you. So I got on the phone with him. We chatted and I said, I would, you know, if you could help me in any way, I'd love to learn from you. And, and if there's a job opportunity. So he brought me into Imagine and I met with, um, the woman who was doing all the hiring and they said, okay, she seems she seems smart enough. I think she can handle a job. And, and I became an intern at Imagine and I 
worked my way up. Well, I was going to say, so you yeah. started as an intern, okay? Yeah. And I believe your title, please correct me if I'm wrong, is you went up to VP of Motion Pictures. Yes. Of Imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. pretty awesome. I mean, that's, it is. that's a really... That's, I think there's a Michael J. Fox movie about that. <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. It, and one of my most memorable moments as, as an executive, as a movie executive and producer, was um, when I was working on something with Ron in his office and he pulled me aside. I think I had just been promoted to vice president. And he said, I just want to congratulate you. I, I've always believed in you, but I never knew that when I hired you as our intern so many years ago, that you would rise to the occasion and become such an important aspect of Imagine. So that was really, that was wonderful. That made me feel so good that it wasn't, you know, because there's, there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, people think that I just got the job because of my history with Ron Howard. And I think it was his way of telling me that, you know, it got me in the door, but it didn't keep me there and it didn't keep me moving moving up in the company. So that was nice. I've heard so many nice stories about Ron Howard and we're, you know, I've worked in Canadian television. I don't know if that counts, but um, <laughs> people like that don't often exist in the, in the industry, um, at least not on the East coast. And it's when I hear this, it gives me hope that, you know, maybe people are do good things because <laughs> I've met so many jerks. Um, oh, I know. And there are, um, there are plenty of jerks, but I have to say, and having worked in Hollywood for most of my life, yeah. there are wonderful people, truly, truly wonderful people. Yes, there are really jerky people, but you steer clear of them and you sure. try to avoid working with them. And I have to say, people ask me all the time, is Ron Howard as nice as he seems? He actually is. He's such a good, good man. Yeah. And it's what I mean, we I, hear. Oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, I don't even have to exaggerate. Yeah. He's truly a great person. He, he definitely has that reputation, which is, I think, a rarity in Hollywood, especially these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when it's true. Um, Michael Landon has this similar, um, you know, people talk about him in a very similar light, even though he went through his own controversies and, you know, the yeah. tabloids. Um, Ron Howard is one of those people who kind of steer clear for the most part when it comes to Hollywood scandals, which is kind of insane right because yeah he started so grounded so considering <laughs> that yeah he was a kid actor and yeah. he you know by all accounts he should have been he should have had a lot of demons and been really right. messed up and, right. <laughs> he and went he, the other and way he, just, he totally did <laughs> yeah. you know married to the same woman raised a beautiful family yeah. his daughter bryce great actress dallas howard who when i was making skyward christmas which was the follow-up to skyward which was um kind of ostensibly an, a pilot mm-hmm. um, for what we had hoped would be a series that never came about for Skyward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they had just, Bryce had just been born, like maybe, a, I don't know, she was maybe three or four months when Cheryl, Ron's wife, and, and he brought her to the set and I got to hold her. And, and so it's so funny, so many years later, seeing mm-hmm. this beautiful woman and great actress and director, she's directing. Um, yeah, so that, that was now, is Bryce the one who, I don't know if you saw Black Mirror? Yes, she's in Black Mirror. Oh my, like, I, I think that she's one of these also, not not to turn this into the Ron Howard show, but it's yeah. um, she's just one of these stunning looking people who just seems so, just great on screen. She just really reminds me of classic actresses, and uh, I does. really enjoyed watching her. She does her. have a classic actress vibe to her, 
Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And if no, and if you haven't seen that, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Black Mirror, I cannot recommend it more. Oh my gosh. I love Black Mirror. <laughs> so I was So yeah. Before we got it here in the United States, when it was just, you know, a BBC thing, mm-hmm. I think it was BBC. Yeah. I mean, it was Brit- British um, and you couldn't see it. You know, people were trying to get it. I was trying to call people. Hey, do you have a DVD of Black Mirror? I, you know, I have to see it. So right. it was like, yeah, one of those cult things that before it even really was a thing it was a cult thing yeah we we had the discs but i never watched it it's like i'm i don't don't have time to watch this and um it was really off my radar for so long until i think christmas episode that that really got me oh yeah that's a good one yeah so um you've worked on a number of different productions at this point in your life um you know looking back you've probably been on countless sets um when you look back at the little house in the prairie experience as a child do you see any type of differences, anything that was done differently on that set? Because a lot of people are always saying how, you know, they really, um, they, they really love the experience of working on little house, um, how it was very different than other sets. It wasn't, didn't have this high stress levels. I mean, you were still expected to do your job, but it didn't have those, the kind of egos and ridiculousness that we, that you, you probably have seen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, technology has <laughs> changed tremendously. But I think just as far as the feeling of the set, I remember it just being, I mean, they had been together. I think my episode aired in season seven, seven or eight. You Ooh, probably know better me. than I do. I think it was maybe seven. And so they had, you know, they they were a family. I mean, they'd been together for years. And you just felt that. You, I went on set and it was just like, it was like coming into someone's house and they're like, welcome, you know, welcome to our home. And, and what can we get you and what can we do for you? What will make you happy? And Michael Landon was, he, he directed the episode, I believe. And he was just present again, kind of, I think at that point in the series for the creator and the principal of the series to be so present, mm-hmm. I think it was kind of unheard of. Um, so that I thought was really wonderful. And I remember Melissa Gilbert, even though I don't think I had any scenes with her, she was so wonderful and accommodating and said hello to me and welcome. And it was such a presence and all the kids that were there, we had lunch together. So yeah, it it was, it it was like a party. It was so (laughs) much fun. And I did not feel pressure, even though I, you know, I gave myself pressure to do well, wanting to do so well. But I remember specifically, this is like the one, my one memory of being on set that will forever be in my brain um, was Michael Landon. We were, it was in between setups and I was sitting there in in my costume, feeling really pretty in my, my (laughs) You know, beautiful. It's a big dress, dress yeah. Yeah, it is a big dress. <laughs> and Michael Landon and I were just kind of talking. A few other crew people were talking, and he winked at me and lit <laughs> a match and try- was trying to set the shoe of. I think he was maybe a grip or he was one of the crew guys. Tried to set his shoe on fire. Oh my god! <laughs> and we, he was laughing, and he. And he, so he brought me in because I know he was a big practical joker Yes, and you probably have many stories 
um, from all the people that you've spoken with about the practical, practical yes. jokes that he would. And he brought me in on this joke and I felt like, wow, that's what really made me feel a part of the experience, the Little House on the Prairie uh, TV show experience that I got to be a part of, of a prank that, that Michael Landon played. Right, and um, a dark prank even. <laughs> kind of a dark prank, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's awesome. I thought, oh my God, what's going to happen? But then, you know, it the, it was just a little bit of a fire. The, and then he elbowed the guy and said, look, your shoe's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so, it was so funny and then the guy stamped out the shoe and looked at michael like what did you do again i'm, I'm yeah. sure he's torturing the guy all day <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so how long was the production for that particular when you worked on little house i worked two days i'm mm-hmm. not sure how long i think i'm sure it probably took a week is that probably that yeah. was probably standard at the probably. time yeah you know, I, I, um, it's, I think it varies. Um, whenever I ask that, it's always like, I think the way they shot it was so um, out of order. So it's hard to say, I think, for most people. because Once it gets to the editor, you just kind of, I guess, starts assembling. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I shot two days. I think the first day it was, I was, it was a practical location. We shot at the ranch. But, oh, my gosh. I, I'm sure your listeners know and you're. Yeah, in Scenic Valley. Screaming, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and shot there for, and then we shot on a soundstage. I think it was Warner Brothers. Hmm. Shot in a soundstage for a day, um, for my second day. By the way, it was season seven, episode eight. Just okay. Um, okay, good. So, that, yeah. that caught me off guard, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, well, I, that's where most people will write a letter. It's like, how do you not know that, Mark? I can't. <laughs> Mark, come I, on. Exactly. That's why I delete their email. Um, spam. So, uh, what do you think about Little House on the Prairie today? I mean, it's kind of finding new audiences in France, for instance, where Alison oh, really? Arn- yeah, Alison Arngrim is kind of like a rock star there. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, people have a tradition where they go home during their lunch and they watch Little House, and it's just become this kind of French tradition. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's weird. amazing. Yeah. Well, I, okay, so my episode aired, re-aired, not too long ago. Um, and well, It's always on. I mean, it's in rotation, but it was definitely one of the more memorable episodes for a number of reasons. Yeah, I think so. But, but it's funny, every time after it airs that following day, and I don't always know when it airs, but I do know the next day, because people are saying, oh my God, Susie, <laughs> you're, I saw your little house episode, or I'll get a text, or you know, Facebook or people will stop me in the streets. It's really funny. It really has, it really does have longevity. And I have an 11 year old daughter. Oh, I have an 11 year old son. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And yeah. she, and, uh, and she's now getting it. Cause now I think it's on, I think it's on Netflix, right? Is that, or Amazon? Uh, it's, it's on, streaming. yeah, it's on prime. Yeah. Okay. It's it, yeah. So it's streaming on prime. And so I've now just introduced her to <laughs> watching watching the episodes with me and it and it's amazing how well it really holds up it's really it's a really fun show i i i could probably spend all day watching episode (laughs) after episode yeah i mean it's an easy show to watch it's also you know one of these kind of very wholesome shows now you're almost the age that she is Uh, i mean when you were in the show um 
when does she get a complete kick out of it when it's like mommy's on the TV type of thing? She as a kid, she makes <laughs> she makes fun of me. She, of course, she likes to make fun of me. So she's yeah, an she's eleven year old. You know, if you have <laughs> an eleven year old son, that it's like everything that that mom does is something to make fun of and laugh at. <laughs> but she's got. <laughs> so, yeah, love she it. loves to rip yeah. me, but she loves it. Yeah, she thinks it's she thinks it's fun. I I tried showing last. I think it was last summer. My sister lives in Virginia with her three kids and they come out for the summer. And I thought we all thought it would be good because all the kids were at the age where we should have, we should show them skyward for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it, it, my ego took a little bit of a hit because we were watching it and halfway through they lost interest and were outside <laughs> playing ping pong. Like really guys, come on. <laughs> Come on, it's the best part. Exactly. You haven't even seen me fly yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know what it was? It was, they wanted, because I was telling them I, in, in the movie Skyward, I go to a dance, have a little romance with um, an actor, Ben Marley. And, yeah, I'm familiar with the scene, actually. And it was my very first kiss ever. Oh, and it really? Was on screen. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. So I was telling them the story about, you know, being so nervous and, and kissing Ben, Ben being so sweet. And so they were all, uh, you know, obsessed about that. So as soon as the, the kiss scene happened, then they lost interest. He's kind and of a they, hunky guy too. So yeah, <laughs> he's got the shirt yeah, open. He's, exactly. He's rocking the yeah. whole 80s look, you know. <laughs> he really was. And you yeah. were too, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just, um, well, I think that scene is really sweet. It's, um, you you allow it to be uncomfortable. And I think that's what, what comes through and it's fine. You know, it's Oh, that's like, nice. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, when, um, when people are uncomfortable with things, it's like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's fine. You know? And it's, I think that that's a perfect example of it. So, um, but I did want to ask you, so, you know, there was a book written about you, you, one of these people who, um, you know, you really popped up in a lot of, um, pop media outlets, I guess, a pop um, culture outlets. Um, where does this, you know, courage come from? I mean, you, you um, were injured when you were 11 um, mm -hmm. and then you, you, um, you come out fearless almost, you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure everybody has their own personal demons and, you know, we all have, you know, struggles, but you kind of come out with a smile on your face. You're like, Hey, you know, F everything. I'm just going right. to do what I'm doing. And I think that that's very empowering for people who, um, maybe are in similar situations or, or nowhere near those situations. And they just don't have that kind of courage. Where does this courage come from? I mean, good upbringing, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I have to, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because my dad worked for general mills and we always oh. have in the house. <laughs> this so, yeah. episode is sponsored. You know by <laughs> Exactly. I, I will attribute my courage to Wheaties. That's so you got to get the box now. You got to exactly, be exactly <laughs> right. Um, my family, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I mean, I'm sure some of it's my personality and just who I am as a person, right. but it, you know, I, I, I was formed by my wonderful parents and grandparents and I have an amazing sister and an, an amazing brother and we've always been a close family. And after my accident, you know, my parents put me right back into our neighborhood school and, mm -hmm. and normalized me, um, at a time when, disability wasn't a cool thing. Right. I don't know if it's a cool thing now, but you know what I mean? It, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't something to, to be, you know, people were embarrassed by it and people were marginalized. 
um, if they had a disability. And here I was, an 11-year-old girl in a wheelchair. Um, and I, I did. I mean, I, my parents just said, you can do anything you want to do. Get back into school. We're not going to baby you. We're not going to coddle you. Yeah. And they didn't. And I've, I've never wanted to be babied or coddled. Well, Skyward and deals with this in a, in a really kind of enlightening way. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. You drop Parents. a dish in front of Marion uh, Ross, um, right. the mom from Happy Days. Who I played think my, is America's played mom. mom. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the second mom. America's mom. It's like right after <laughs> Ma Ingalls, you have um, yeah. the Cunningham yeah. mom. <laughs> I almost forgot her name. So, um, <laughs> you know, but you drop a dish and she just freaks out, you know, like maybe a mother might do. You know, even, you know, even if you're not in a wheelchair, a lot of mothers will be the helicopter mother and it's like, get away, you're going to die if you touch a broken dish. And, you you know, you're showing uh, right on camera also how you can, how, it, I don't know, I, I thought you were very expressive in that scene. And, oh, yeah. You know, it, that, so that was hard for me because that, I mean, I really had to learn what acting was about because that was so far from my experience, mm. you know, my parents would, you know, I had to <laughs> clean the kitchen and put right. dishes away and just like, you know, my brother and sister. So, so that was, that was interesting for me as a kid, as a, as a kid, as a young, sure. as a young teenager realizing, oh yeah, there are parents out there that do hold their disabled kids back because they're afraid. They're afraid for them. They don't want them um, exposed to anything that may hurt them or well, you're probably going through the same things that I'm going through with, um, I'm assuming your daughter's in sixth grade. She um, is in sixth grade, yes. And, you know, she has friends who probably have those kind of parents. Um, and I, I mean, I certainly know my son has friends who, you know, maybe they are on a medication or this kid, you know, um, this kid broke his arm or, the, you know, it's like they freak out and they don't want their kids to kind of go and live life um, in a yeah. lot of ways. And um, I think it's it's kind of bad. You know, I try my best to let my son make his own mistakes. Of course, you know, I'm not going to let him, you know, get really no, harmed I, yeah. if I could prevent it. But Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's that's always the challenge of a parent is how much how much space we give our kids, mm -hmm. especially this age, as you're finding out. I, yes. You know, this is a this is a tough age because there's there's so much there's still kids. So much of the of them is, is still in childhood yeah. but yet they're really trying you know to find that <laughs> that those you know trying to become a teenager trying to really explore what the world has to offer yeah i'm not looking forward to it, but <laughs> yeah no i yeah. Am, but, but, but getting back to a little so let's pull it back to the little yes of her, course being able to watch the show with her and, and having something so wholesome and wonderful and that deals with family and emotions and B trying to belong and figuring things out. Um, it, it, it's, it's just a wonderful reminder mm -hmm. that, that life can be what you want it to be. It can be as simple or co as complicated as you want it to be. And so I, that's always my goal with my daughter is to just kind of simplify things. Don't overcomplicate her life. Things are complicated enough. So um, what is next for you? Like, are you working on any, uh, do you have any projects in front of you? Uh, you seem like the type of person that doesn't just kind of um, settle. 
Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I took kind of a sabbatical when I when my daughter was born. I really wanted to. I'm an older mom. I had her, you know, in my 40s, and so I wanted to really experience being a mother. I didn't sure. want. Um, I didn't want to leave her. I didn't want to, you know, leave her and be at work all day. And so I, I took time off. And now that she's older and much more independent, I little by little, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Come on, mom. Um, little by little getting back into the industry. I'm writing some things, working on some projects. So yeah, I, it's, it, it, it's vastly entertaining and for me to, to work in, in movies and TV, maybe a reboot of Little House on the Prairie. I mean, they're rebooting everything else. I know that would be amazing. That would I don't, be great. I don't know. I mean, this is one thing I've asked um, a lot of the previous cast members. What do you think? Do you think that this is a show that could even be made today? Would it? Would it succeed? I think. Um, gosh, probably the tone would probably have to shift. Definitely. Mm. I mean, I watched. I don't know if you've watched Dickinson. The the Apple TV show about Emily Dickinson. No, no. I didn't. Or if you know about it. So it's this, it's about, it's Haley Stanfield plays Emily Dickinson, a young Emily Dickinson, the poet, and it's anachronistic. So there Wiz Khalifa, the rapper plays death and it's, she talks like a modern day teenager. Eek. So yeah. Um. And it's, and it's hugely, you know, it's hugely popular with, with teen girls. Really? So it did, it, it accomplished um, a goal. Completely. It didn't, the, the, the reviews were very mixed and I would say probably more on the negative side, but it has definitely, it, it's kind of weird. And so I think it's definitely hit an audience more than the other um, TV shows that, that Apple has, mm-hmm. has but, introduced. I mean, Little House and Prairie so, shouldn't have existed in a way because it, it really, even then, it was a, such a different show than what was on, or That's to true. even last almost a decade is, is kind of yeah. insane. But it, it makes me feel like that the time and the place is still interesting. I just think you'd have to modernize the attitude of it um, mm-hmm. if if you were to do a reboot. I don't, you know, I I mean, it's kind of sad to say that things that are things that were were earnest and simpler or um, more wholesome may not sell today. No, it's, it's, it would be completely, I mean, it might bore an audience. I mean, I, I don't know not to be obnoxious about it, but yeah, Although, it might. It, you know, but, but, but I, again, you know, I think families are, are watching it. Like you said, in France, in France, it's a thing. I, I know that it is here too, because people are still watching. People are still interested. You have this beautiful podcast where people want to hear about, about the show and mm-hmm. your experiences in the show. So that, what does that tell you? That does say that there's, there's still an audience for it. So yeah, who knows? Has so, there, has there been talk about it? I mean, are people talking about it? Do you know? I don't think anybody's talking about it seriously. Seriously. Okay. Um, people, people talk about, it. you know, it's really just, there's no buzz about it. Um, as far as I know, you know, but that's usually how, I mean, I think that's usually how it works. You know, you don't let the public know what's coming next. So right. it's, um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, I wouldn't be that surprised if I heard Little House and Prairie is going to be a mini series, like a five part mini series on Netflix or something. Right. But, It'd be fun f- for a reunion for the, yeah. I don't for the know cast if, members. I don't know still... if seventies 
TV show reboots are that popular, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, you, know, you look at these reboots. What did they do? All in the family. I mean, obviously there's a political lean, but there's, I don't know if. Well, and they do the live one off. That's more of a kind of, yeah, it's like a political statement almost. Yeah. Than the, so I'm not really sure. With, nostal- not. with some nostalgia, but, but, but God, there's, I mean, wouldn't you say that there's maybe a handful of shows from that era that really have that kind of nostalgia and little house would definitely be in that, in the top five. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I also see it being a very expensive show. Um, I guess that might be a part of it. I mean, if they're going to do it right, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, um, you had these shows that followed it, like um, Father Murphy, which were really kind of low budget versions of Little House in the Prairie. Right. And it was, it kind of looked, you know, it's right. Same film stock, but just the sets didn't look right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think that um, if, if they're going to use real horses and sets and full size yeah. things, I don't know. But from what I understand, the entire area is still there. So maybe it's oh, still. Oh, is it? That's, yeah. Oh, that's so good. I thought maybe some of it had burned in one of the fires. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, the buildings, I, I believe, are completely gone. Yeah. But the, but, but the properties. Right. The so rolling can... hills. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, but Susie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, it was really nice speaking with you. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Walnut Grovecast by heading over to patreon.com slash Any support is appreciated. <laughs>